Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lake Mount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. Awesome. All right, we have an amazing night for you. We have what we call our four by seven, which is four speakers for seven minutes. Okay, so you can hunker down and listen for seven minutes four times, right? Okay, what I want to tell you is that it's not actually an easy thing to public speak. It's not actually easy uh, to make it look easy. It's, It's not easy. Okay, but what I want you guys to do is while we're growing in community is to be supportive. So here's the number one tip. Active listening. Okay, I'm not speaking so you guys can do this. Everybody be like this. Okay, amen, amen. Okay, that's called active listening. Okay, eye contact. Nodding of the head, agreement, okay? When you're up here, it is a little more difficult than you think. You guys are going to receive a ton, so I want you to just pour back into these four brave speakers, okay? So tonight, it is my privilege to welcome Matt, Lewis, Naya. And Catherine! Woo! Come on, these guys are amazing for stepping into this. So, we are going to have an incredible night. Last week we talked about the culture of community and friendship, how we are going to do that here at Lake Mount Young Adults. Were you here last week? That wasn't even active listening right there. Should I start again? No. Okay, who was here last week? Okay, the culture of family and friendship inside the kingdom of God is super important. So we're going to dig deeper because there's more for us to learn. We're always learning, always growing. Jesus is always taking us somewhere with his word and with revelation. So we want to go deep tonight, and here we go. So we have seven minutes for each of you. To drop all the wisdom. (laughs) Guys, this is hard to condense seven minutes, by the way. But you guys are going to do it because you're just amazing to start with. So we are going to start with Naya. Hi, everyone. My name is Naya. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to speak to you guys today on building godly friendships. Okay, so over the years, I've really been learning the importance of friendship and the purpose for which God has designed them. And a scripture that constantly reminds me of what Christ-like friendship looks like is Proverbs 27, verse 9 from the Passion Translation. And it says, sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. 
For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence. Our friendship should be where the presence of God is constantly felt. So when you look at your life and the friends, it's important to ask, do you feel God's presence in your friendships? What are the conversations that you have? Do you feel refreshed after those conversations? What are the things that you guys spend time talking about? I believe friends and friendship is an incredible gift from God, and if we use them the right way, we can reap its fruits greatly. We need to constantly create an atmosphere where our relationship with God can thrive. I heard a preacher say this once, and he's like, God has given you a fire, and the people around you can either make you hotter or colder, or like quench the fire, right? So it's so important to surround yourselves with people that constantly find that fire of God in you to flame. And just having a safe space where you can freely talk about God and what he's doing in your life and not feel weird about it, but rather just feel encouraged as you guys pour into one another. Godly friends are supposed to be people that call us to a higher standard and help us grow in our walk with God and just be accountability partners and also pray with us. I know that I talk to my friends all the time and we talk to our friends like if we want advice when we're going through difficult situations. And it's so important that they speak life into our situation and encourage us with the word of God. It's also important that um, we just know that when we surround ourselves with godly friends, you're also making more room for God to speak to you through them because God has spoken to me so many times through my friends. And Proverbs 13 verse 20, it says, as we walk with the wise, we too become wise. So just choosing to surround yourself with the right people can increase your wisdom as you have deeper conversations about things that are really important and things that fuel your spiritual growth. I remember when I had just gotten saved, I felt really convicted about the friends that I had in my life. And I just felt God asking me to let go of certain friendships because our values weren't aligned. And I knew those relationships were not bringing me closer to God. It was hard to lose friends, but I was trusting that if God is asking me to let go of these friendships, that he's going to bring the right ones. And what was so amazing about this was not even up to a year after, I randomly reconnected with some of the friends that I had lost. And we, we realized that God had called us individually into a deeper relationship with him through like during that same span of time. And just as we reconnected and grew closer to God, it gave more meaning and purpose to our friendship. And it's literally refreshing. John 13, 7 says, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clearer enough to you later. At the moment, even though I didn't know how things were going to turn out, God knew. And sometimes things have to be broken to be rebuilt on the stronger foundation of God. So let's allow God to build and rebuild our friendships. I've seen tremendous growth in both myself and my friends as we challenge, encourage, and pray with one another. Also call out each other in love. And just seeing how God has grown each of us is incredible. And I strongly believe that to live a godly life, we do need godly friends. It's difficult to grow spiritually without having such friends. And there's also a saying I heard quite often while growing up, and it's like, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are which is true to some extent because our core values should be the same. And if you really want to be a godly person and you're not surrounding yourself with godly friends, it's going to have an impact on you.
So tonight, I just want to encourage you guys to take a look at the friendships and relationships that you have in your life and ask, like, is it drawing you closer to God or is it pulling you farther away? And if God is calling you to let go of any, just do it in faith. I believe that God is good and you're not going to let go of something because of your love for God and he's not going to give you better than whatever you lost. And if you're looking for where you can make these friends, you're here tonight, so that's a great first step. You can also join the surf team and get further connected. <laughs> yeah, and just keep praying and asking God to surround you with people that are aligned with you as you walk with God. And I pray that God helps us and strengthen, to strengthen the relationships that he has given us and the wisdom to develop new ones. And just the grace to also become the godly friend that we're looking for. Thank you. Next up is Lewis. Folks, I have a confession. I was a boomer today and couldn't figure out the printer, so my text is like this big. So if I'm like this, that's why. Please excuse me. Um, okay, so um, I th I'm sure some of you he heard about this before, um, but earlier this month in April, uh, the U.S. Surgeon General actually put out a general advisory that actually declared loneliness to be the newest epidemic. So we're not quite pandemic yet, but we're getting there. Just kidding. That was a joke. We're not, no, no more pandemics for now. Um, but the claim here is this, that loneliness can increase the risk of premature death comparable to smoking daily. So, interesting, interesting. What's the implication there? Does that mean just to get out there and meet as many friends as possible and, you know, just so you can live forever? I don't know. Not, not quite. Hear me out. Um, so let me, if you don't mind me nerding out for a second, there is a less talked about study in the Journal of Social, Psychological, and Personality Science that actually found a really interesting result that we have to um, integrate with the Surgeon General's claim, and that's that friend not all friendships are actually good for your health. Specifically, the stress of a negative friendship can actually lead to elevated blood pressure, which can lead to a whole bunch of other, you know, physiological issues. So, not all friendships are built different. But, um, I don't think you need a psychological study to tell you that bad friends are bad for your heart, not just your physical one. Um, so, flip with me to Proverbs 12.26, if you have a second. Here, uh, God tweets, just kidding, that's a Pastor Matt joke if you come to Lake Mount. Uh, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So that's important because bad friends aren't just bad for you, bad for your health. It can actually derail your entire life. So the core question here is this. How do we discern between a good and a bad relationship? How do we discern between a uh, Jonathan and a Judas. That's a, that's a Joey line right there. Punchy, right? J and J, right? Yeah. How do you determine, discern between a Jonathan and Judas? So it's interesting because the world and the Bible actually give two very different answers. For example, the philosopher Aristotle proposes that good friends, number one, bring us pleasure. Number two, are virtuous people. And are, number three, useful for us. So... Fair enough, but 
the call for biblical friendships is actually much higher and way deeper. Because here's, here's the thing about biblical friendships, three things. Number one, instead of just being about pleasure, it should actually encourage us to draw closer to Jesus. Number two, biblical friends should challenge us to be more like Jesus rather than being about whether or not the other person is a virtuous person, right? And third point, godly friendships should be about doing what Jesus did together rather than just being about what they can do for us, right? And so I want to take a few minutes to break those three um, key points down with you guys. So first point, biblical friendship should encourage us to be with Jesus. So um, psychology talk here, but it's important for us to admit that as human beings, we have deep needs to be loved, to be seen, to be safe. Like, we have those needs. It's, it's human. We were designed to be in intimacy and closeness. And if you don't believe me, check out Genesis, the first few chapters of Genesis. We were made to be in intimate relationship. But where this goes wrong is when we take that need and place it on another person. When we make our friends our main source of intimacy, what happens? Codependency happens. You suffocate the friendship. And I tell you this because I was the number one culprit of that. I've been there so many times, and Pastor Lisa's laughing because he's talked talk me through so many of these instances. Like, I've been there, and there's no shame. And if this is where you're at, like, come talk to me after. I've been there, and it hurts, and it's stressful. But the thing is that Jesus says in John 15, 5, that I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say that apart from your bestie, you can't do anything. Right? Like, so he needs to be the person that we go to to get our needs met. Right? And so the point here is this. Good, healthy, biblical friendship should encourage us to go to the source rather than being or, or, or pretending to be the person that can, you know, attempt to fulfill that source because that would be a lie you know? So biblical friends push us to get closer to Jesus. Make sense? Okay. Number two, biblical friendships should challenge us to be like Jesus. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So what is iron sharpening iron? Let's dig deep into that. Is, are we sword fighting here? Not, not quite. We're not sword fighting. This is about formation, right? Because Biblical friendships are actually a critical part of our spiritual formation. And formation into what? Into becoming more like Jesus, right? And specifically, we need friends because we, at so many times, need to be encouraged. When we're down and we're, we're struggling, we need to be encouraged. We need a Barnabas. Acts 4.36 is the reference there. But at times when we're in, in the wrong, we're making mistakes, we actually need also friends that challenge us. And that's the Nathan for you. And that's 2 Samuel 12, 9. Okay, so I don't have time to break into those, but check those out. Proverbs 27 also says that wounds from a friend can be trusted. Why? Wounds from a biblical friend can be trusted because the purpose of those wounds is to form us into Jesus, into, more, into the blueprint of who we're supposed to be. Okay? So biblical friends challenge us to be more like Jesus. Finally, biblical friendships are people with whom that we should 
do what Jesus did together. Um, and so Luke 10.1 says, The Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of them to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, unlike what the world tells us, we're not just here for a good time. We're not. We actually have an assignment in our lives. We have a mission. We have a purpose. We have, we're called to do what Jesus did. And what is that? To go out, preach the gospel, invite people into the kingdom of God. Our lives have a, a, an assignment on them. And the thing is that we don't do that by ourselves. We're supposed to do that with our friends. Right? And C.S. Lewis, here's a C.S. Lewis quote. I love those. Friendship must be about something, even if it were only an enthusiasm for dominoes or white mice. Those who have nothing can share nothing, and those who are going nowhere can have no fellow travelers. Our friendships have to be about something. When it's about just the other person, it's not healthy. It's not, it's not the purpose. And honestly, like, what more fun can can doing ministry with your friends be like that's trust me that's the most fun like playing you know working out with your friends is great playing sports with your friends is great but ultimately friends that do ministry with you like those are those are the yeah those are the fun friends so um in summary my invitation for you is this to raise the standard for your friendships and it's simple you can do that by asking yourself these three questions. Number one, does Jesus, do, do your friends encourage you to be with Jesus? You know, do they remind you who God is when you're struggling? Do they encourage you? Do they keep you accountable to spiritual discipline? So prayer, fasting, worship. Do you guys pray together? Do you invite the presence of God, like Naya was saying, into your friendships? Second, do your friends encourage you to be like Jesus? When you look at the friends in your life right now, are you more like Jesus for having them in your life? Do they encourage you? Do they challenge you where, they, where you need to be challenged? Right? And finally, do your friends do what Jesus did with you? Do your friendships have a mission and a purpose? Because your friendships are supposed to be mission, mission like purposeful, intentional. Right? Sound good? So just want to leave those three questions with you to reflect on. And um, like Naya was plugging earlier, if you don't have those kinds of friendships, we want to encourage you to get plugged into a life group, okay? Because there's a lot of really amazing friends in here, a lot, of, a lot of Jonathans in here. So get plugged in, okay? Hope that helps. Awesome. We also have a shout-out from the media team here. That yeah. You can make friends in the media team. <laughs> okay, our next speaker is Catherine, and I just want to introduce her. Yep. Just because these guys you see all the time, so I assume you know who they are. Uh, Catherine is a second-year intern. Her and her husband, Sergio. Her and her, yeah, I said that right. Her and her husband. Sergio have been attending here for a long time, and this woman is awesome. So just pay attention. Thank you. So I am supposed to be here. Don't worry. <laughs> For all those with the questions. Um, so friendship, especially God-centered friendships, has been a journey for me. Part of my personal testimony is I've walked through seasons of deep isolation, loneliness, betrayal, and loss of friendships. When I was praying about what God wanted me to share tonight, 
I believe that he wants to redeem friendships and he wants to heal people like he did for me. The Bible says in Psalms 34, verse 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Romans 8, verse 18 says, the pain that you've been feeling cannot compare to the joy that is coming. God is giving us a safe place tonight to allow us to begin to mourn the loss of friendships. He wants to begin to build the path for you to meaningful and God-centered relationships. Here are four things that you can do to begin to cultivate God-centered relationships, if you can relate to my te- what I shared about your te- my testimony. The first is grow in inti- intimacy with your friendship with God. This, is the, this will overflow into all your other relationships and will make them more worthwhile. And this is the only relationship that will ever complete us. No matter if you find the best friend in the world, at some point, they will probably let you down. But Jesus is trustworthy and always loyal and always faithful. So, to be honest, this is the point that all my other... Th- all my other three points come out of. So it's an important one. And it's because it's in our relationship that, with Jesus that we're safe to practice being who he's called us to be. We get to step into who we're intended to be, and he heals us and transforms our lives in this area. For me, every time I lost a relationship, was rejected, or in a season of isolation, it was when... My, my friendship with God was tapped, on, tapped in on new levels. And I began to hear what he said was true about me. When I lost my closest friend, I had no capacity for trust. But it was in the presence of God that, that this part of my heart was restored. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. And Psalms 147, verse 3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Point two, pray and ask God for friends. God wants to bless us including great friends. What kind of friend are you looking for? Are you looking for an encouraging friend, a fun friend, a loyal friend? Maybe you're looking for something else, but you can ask God and allow him to bring these relationships in his timing. I did this in multiple seasons. And one example that I would like to share with you is when in my early single young adult season, And I joined a new church, not this church, a different church. But I was new, and shortly after arriving at this church, malicious false gossip and slander about me circulated for a couple of years. But I asked God specifically for quality friends who loved him, were fun, and were trustworthy. And he answered me with three friends, including a nice Mexican boy. Named Sergio, who immediately seemed like great friend zone material. (laughs) But 
in saying that, all that, these, these friendships, when we ask God, these are the ones that are most worthwhile. And, the more, and they're more valuable because they're, they're relationships that God has given us. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And Job 42 verse 10, When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes, giving him twice as much as before. Um, and then... Point number three is be the friend you long to find. So while you're waiting and you're asking God for the friend, those friends that um, will enrich your life, start becoming that friend. So while you're waiting, um, start cultivating your side of the friendship. An example from my personal testimony, when I was in the pit of isolation and despair, I was beyond discouraged. I had chosen, um, but I had to choose to operate in the opposite of what I was experiencing. I had to learn to um, not let my experience dictate how I was going to treat others and how I was going to meet others. And so because I was discouraged, I began to try to encourage others. Romans 12, verse 10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And, and point number four, be thankful for the friends God allows to come into your life, even if it's few. It's better to have one or two true friends than a hundred that you have to feel like you hide yourself from. And what if God answered your prayer in a way that it was unexpected with someone who was unexpected? I have a testimony of this as well. Um, a few years ago, I injured my head pretty badly. And in that season, it caused many years of isolation and brought me to a place of deep loneliness. And I asked God for friends who would be unconditional. And God answered that prayer first in an unconventional way. He gave me a group of 60-year-olds and 70-year-old ladies and a life group from Lake Mount here. They allowed me to show up or not show up when I could and when I couldn't, but they enriched my life in a way that people in my peer group hadn't been able to. I watched these believers live authentically and love God authentically, and it allowed me to be authentic myself. And by accepting this gift from God, I believe it was the key to, to opening the blessing of other friends in future um, cases, future times. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, who belong to Christ Jesus. So the point I'm trying to make, God wants to redeem friendships for you. He wants to heal your heart, eliminate loneliness, and give you meaningful friendships. And I want to encourage you that if you relate with my testimony in any capacity, myself or any of the amazing leaders here, we would love to pray with you and believe for God's best in friendships for you. Amen. All right. Thank you, Catherine. All right. And last but not least, we call this the closer. 
This is a special anointing. Matt. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah, my name is Matt. I'm excited to keep talking to you guys tonight about godly friendships. So uh, we're going to be starting today in First John. But just before we get into the passage, I want to talk very briefly about my testimony. And um, my testimony is cool because I actually have the blessing of uh, getting to grow up with some really good, close friends that I grew up with in church. Um, and with those guys, I've been able to experience have the deep friendship that God, I think, has built us to experience. And so we've been able to spend a lot of nights together uh, around a campfire laughing and uh, having fun together, but also spend a lot of nights in deep conversation about what God is doing in our lives uh, to talk about uh, the dreams that we have for the future and to counsel each other through some of life's big decisions uh, and through difficult seasons. And God has used them in a very special way in my life to help me walk through different struggles that I've had myself. Um, and so I'm excited tonight to try and share some of what I've learned with you guys. So we're going to be in 1 John chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 5 through 9, but we're going to focus on verse 7. So I will read that for you. You don't have to flip there. It says, This is a message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so before we unpack that verse, I think something that is important to point out, something that I've learned through my own life, is that the commands and instructions that God gives us for how to live our life, they don't operate in isolation from each other, but they actually work together with each other. And so what John is showing us here is he's bringing together the idea of walking in the light and confessing and having fellowship, and he's showing that they actually work together. Um, and so I'm going to go through verse 7. I'm going to break it up into three bits to try and understand it a bit better. So the first part says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. And so we need to understand what it means to walk in the light. And so a few verses before it says that God is the light. And so walking in the light means that we are walking with God. But part of that means that we're not leaving anything in the darkness. Nothing's hidden. We're actually bringing everything into the light to be seen. Now, after that, it says, if we walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another. And so we start to see, John is showing us that God's design is not just for us to be confessing to God and receiving forgiveness, but we're also confessing to one another and getting to walk through that together. And that's a gift because that means we get to bear each other's burdens. We get to be praying for each other, encouraging each other. And so it really is a gift to be able to do that together. And then the verse ends off by saying, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And that's a really powerful verse. And I like the way that uh, James says a very similar thing. In James 5.16, he says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And so 
what James is giving us here essentially is a blueprint for how we apply this in our own life. And so he's saying, first, we confess to each other, then we pray, and that leads to our healing. It leads to Jesus' blood cleansing us from our sin. And it's important to note uh, because providing counsel and advice to our friends is important. But James is saying the first and most important thing we do is we take it to God and we invite the Holy Spirit to come into this situation and to do his work because our counsel is not as good as his. And so I recognize that as we're talking about this, this is a really scary thing. Um, it's not nice to confess our sins. We don't enjoy it. Even if you've done it for the past 10 years, it never gets easy. It's still, it gets easier, but it's never easy. And so I want to say that first is you don't start by confessing sin. So when we're, when you're with a couple friends that you've just met, it doesn't mean you go right into confession. Like, hey, here's everything. But a good place to start is to get with some friends who you know are pursuing the Lord and encourage each other. You can say, hey, I saw when you did this in church the other day and it really encouraged me. And I want to encourage you with that. Take some time to talk about what God is teaching you. Unpack what you heard on Sunday. Um, and just have fun together. Get to know each other. Um, but it's always going to be scary, no matter how close you get to these people, to take that step into confession. Um, but it's important if we understand what's in the Bible and we believe it and we believe that the blood of Jesus truly cleanses us from our sin if we are going to walk in the light, then it's really one of the most important things that we're going to do. And we can trust that it is actually for our benefit because God's commands are not burdensome. They are helpful for us. And so I've seen this happen in people's lives where they have worked up the courage to share something in a moment with some friends that they've never brought to light before. And I've seen the power that happens when they do that. They have, there's been freedom in that moment. They have walked in freedom from that moment on. And the friendships they have built with those people based off that moment are so much deeper than anything else because they are more known and therefore they can be more loved. And so I want to encourage everyone tonight to uh, build and work towards these kind of friendships because they are going to be the deepest friendships that you have and you will be able to see uh, the powerful way that God works in your life when you do that. Thank you. Woo! Wow. That's some good wisdom. So good. All right, I'm going to get you guys to stand because we're going to pray into all these things all at once. And then Jocelyn is going to come and tell us what's next after that. But I want to pray because friendships are a big deal. Okay, and there's a lot of things that we just touched on, like courage, confession, truth, rejection. We hit on a lot of things that if the Holy Spirit's stirring in you, friendship is where we can place our hope in Jesus, right? We tend to put it on people, and we need that correction in our heart tonight so that we can be courageous and we can step into new seasons. So I just want to pray into that. And then Jocelyn, she's literally the closer. Sorry, you just lost your position. But she's going to tell us what to do. But would you just put your hands out like this, just ready to receive, where you're just trusting the Holy Spirit's going to give you something good tonight. 
So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you to come. We thank you, Jesus, that these things are not trivial to you. They're not small to you. You went out of your way to say that we were friends of yours. And so, Father, I thank you that your word is full of how we can live our lives in godly friendship, what, how we can conduct ourselves, what to look for, what to do with pain in our heart, how to pursue godly living in a standard of biblical holiness. And so, Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is here to help us where we need to place roots down with people, Father, where we need to uproot with some people, Father, where we need to be courageous, where we need to tell the truth, Father, where we need to sever ties, where we need to heal. Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit comes to do it all in us and through us with the help of the Holy Spirit. So we're not blocking you from doing your job tonight, Holy Spirit. We're welcoming you. We're welcoming you into our mind, our memories, our thoughts, our feelings, our experiences. God, we're laying them at your feet saying, would you work in me and through me? Would you heal places in me? Would you touch places that need your courage? Would you just catapult me into this season where I can build with you, Holy Spirit? And so, Father, I ask that in this room tonight, Father, you'd find a company of believers that long for godly friendship. And, Father, that they wouldn't look at the person beside them to set the pace. They'd do it themselves. That, Father, every one of them is looking for someone to run with them. So, Father, I pray that you'd put courage in them to be the one that runs faster. And so, Father, I just ask you to do this miraculously tonight, that we would not look to the right or the left to wonder about whatever somebody else is doing, but, God, that you'd give us the ability to run with one another at a godly pace. And so, Father, we receive your help tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountya. Have an amazing week and we hope to see you soon.